Hey creeps, I'm Morgan. I'm B. And I'm Marnie. And, and this, this is the Creepy Collective. Welcome back. Yeah, hello. Hi. Look who's here again. <laughs> How fun. <laughs> I'm glad to be back. Yes. It's been a minute. Yes. It's been a while. It has. A literal minute. <laughs> a literal minute. <laughs> so we have Marnie from Eerie Okie Podcast. If you didn't hear our last episode, what are you doing? Go Why? listen to Yeah. It. Go subscribe right now. <laughs> it's... And then go subscribe to Eerie Okie as well. Oh yes. my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> she has the best podcast. It's yeah. so spooky and I love it. Thank you guys. And we are honored that she chose to be here with us this evening. I feel honored to be on the podcast, so we appreciate it a whole lot. Just so. hanging out with us poddlers. It's fun. Uh, We're having a good time. Yeah. Do we want to do work. a fun thing? I think we should. For this one, too? Yeah. What kind of fun things should we do? Would you rather? So we can continue yes. those. Um, or I could just ask spooky questions. You can absolutely just ask us yeah. spooky questions. Okay, let me look up a list of those. The first thing that popped up was 31 scary questions to ask yourself. And number one is, am I happy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, not that spooky. Whoa, that's taking it too far. <laughs> that's a little too scary. <laughs> that's way too creepy. <laughs> no, I no, died. No. That was so funny. <laughs> Cross the line. Yeah. If you were given the death penalty, what would your last meal be? That's a good question. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Okay. I would want... I can have whatever I want. Whatever you want. Okay. I want a steak, medium rare, with ranch. Don't come for me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and the macaroni and cheese. And also chips and queso oh, yeah. with salsa. Yeah. And probably like a giant margarita and some kind of like apple cobbler. Mm. Is there any specific place you want these things from? Oh, I want, okay. I want the steak from Vast. The Ooh. restaurant in the Devon Tower. They have the steak with lobster sauce. Mm-hmm. I you want a wagyu steak. No, I've never had a wagyu steak. I want that. My mac and cheese. I want from like KFC. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we can just make that like a mac and cheese bowl with the chicken. Oh also, yeah, yeah. Two birds, one stone. Then the apple thing. I don't. Maybe some, like someone's grandma can make it. <laughs> someone's grandma. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, hey, Warden, yeah. <laughs> can, you, can your grandma make that? Because I'm going to just get something that takes a long time to eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the chips and cake from three tequilas. Ooh, okay. It's just my favorite Mexican restaurant. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good answer. It made me hungry. That was yeah. a great answer. <laughs> yeah, I was. Very hungry right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same. Same. Now I am too. <laughs> so I want also chips and queso. Yeah. But I want it from Ted's. Mm-hmm. And I want corn and flour tortillas. Yeah. And I want a chicken quesadilla Mm -hmm. with a side of sour cream. And you cannot have Mexican food without a Coke. So I will also take a Coke. And then I need pumpkin pie. See, with Mexican food, I always have unsweet tea. You are wrong. And and Morgan also needs a pound of string cheese. String cheese for life. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We had string cheese earlier. We did. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Those are good answers. 
Yeah, we're hungry. See, what would mine be? What would yours be? I was going to say, I'm going to use this as an opportunity because I don't know if you guys know about this. The Oklahoma official state meal is fried okra, cornbread, barbecue pork, squash, biscuits, sausage gravy, grits, corn, strawberries, which are the state fruit, which I didn't know, chicken fried steak, pecan pie, and black eyed peas. I'm not mad at that. Not at all. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not going to eat good. some of it, yeah. but some of that, depending on who cooked from? it. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. Is it coming from the prison cafeteria? <laughs> <laughs> it's all from Grandy's. Okay. <laughs> from Grandy's? I want somebody's like aunt. Some aunt. Somebody's aunt. From Grandy's. That's for me. It's from Grandy's. Grandy's and Brahms. There you go. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What would I want? I think maybe I would want a steak, too. I think I would want, like, a filet from, like... Charleston's or something. Yes. And oh god, I don't know. I think I would also want to get chicken enchiladas with sour cream sauce. We like, just can't. You cannot die without Tex-Mex. You can't, yeah. especially if you're from Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think for a dessert item, pecan pie. Yeah, I make a really good pecan pie. By the way, I I'm coming like over whenever you make it. Theory. I can do that. I can do that for you guys okay. this year. <laughs> Your mother has pumpkin dump cake for us waiting. At oh home. my god, she does. Shout out, mom. Thank I'm you. So love you. Excited. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, here's another good question. What do you want etched on your tombstone? I have no idea. I used to have one that I thought would be funny. I'm trying to think what it was. Wish you were here. Wish you were here. That's good. <laughs> One of the most morbid ones I've ever seen was, I told you I was sick. (laughs) And I'm like, that is so petty. I love it. I want mine to be like, don't miss me. I'm haunting you. I'm haunting you. That's cute. That's really cute. I like that. What about you, Nate? Shit. (laughs) I love that. That's actually really good. Respawning in three. Yeah. (laughs) That's cute, too. I love oh, that. That's what's going to happen as like our generation ages. That's yeah. what tombstones are going to say. Stuff like that. I love that. Please, guys. <laughs> yeah, be funny about it. Okay, have you ever said Bloody Mary in front of a mirror? No. Yes. Several times. Many I actually times. got in trouble in like second or third grade for doing it in the bathroom with one of my oh. friends. Oh my God. <laughs> my music teacher who already hate, hated me, she caught me and it was not a good time. What did they cite you for on that? What did they say you were in She literally for? just scolded me, but that's You were it. the most goth person I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been goth since I was a baby. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> One time when I was in gymnastics, back when I was like 12, 13, we had a sleepover at my grandparents' house and we did Bloody Mary and we did a seance and convinced ourselves that we had summoned the spirit of Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> so we were very, we were having a very good time. That's awesome. A good time was had by all, including Marilyn. <laughs> but... Maybe um, you guys really did. Maybe did. she was like, let's go what hang out with these the kids. What if that's the plot twist? <laughs> like, we really did. That's awesome. I hope you did. I hope we did, too. I choose to believe that you did, in yeah. fact. Yeah. Same. Okay. Have you ever used a Ouija board? What happened? <sighs> yeah. Several times. I have never used a Ouija board. Okay. I have. I was, like, 16 or 17, and it was really weird, and it's... It said that it was there with us, but it was mainly there for my friend's little brother and that it wanted to hurt him, but it couldn't. And it, 
It predicted things in my life that happened over the next few weeks, and that was also really weird. And so me and my friend go out to the lake, and we decide that we're going to drown the Ouija board. <laughs> drown it! <laughs> Shout out, Taylor. Like that was dumb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so the planchette kept going underwater, and then it would float back to the top of the surface and, like wobble on the edge of the board and then it would go back underwater and we were so scared that we went and we told our mothers and we had a a conversation with our preacher and we were just very scared and concerned little teenagers (laughs) after the goings on of this. I wish I could elaborate more but I'm not going to. (laughs) Just personal things that it predicted so that was very weird. That's crazy. Yeah. Marnie, have you ever used a Ouija board? Yes, I have multiple times. And one time, Whitney and I, who is on my podcast a lot, we used one when we were like probably 18, 19. And we thought we summoned this spirit that kept speaking in German. Yeah, it was weird. Like, it was very weird. And it like apparently became very attached to a friend that was with us. And I don't really know if anything ever happened with that because I'm not friends with her anymore. But yeah, there was that. And then one time my cousin and I thought we had summoned his grandfather, which was cool. That was a cool experience. Yeah. Um, but I've never had anything really bad happen with one. I've never had an experience that made me think, oh, these things are like legitimately <laughs> evil and like yeah. people yeah. need to not use them. I like telling that story. I was so flustered. I didn't even do it any justice but whenever it, we were to ask it a question that it did not want to answer it would go super fast just from a to z az that's so crazy. and we tried to say goodbye to it and it kept saying no that's like a thing right that's like this yeah, like yeah. Zaza, Zozo, yeah yeah oh man yeah that experience fucks me up <laughs> that, oh that's creepy yeah so do you think they're real yeah okay I think it's like a tool, like like the Estes method, like a spirit box. And that's what my preacher told me, and it, that's very possible. That's Stop very with possible. your logic and science. Here's one. Have you guys read very many Stephen King novels? Yeah. Okay. Which Stephen King novel unsettled you the most? I am going to go with Misery. Yeah. Yeah. Misery fucked me up quite a bit. Yeah. And I don't know why, because I feel like some of the more, like, supernatural ones should probably be scarier to me. They're just not. Misery, for some reason, fucks me up. I haven't really watched or read a whole lot of Mm -hmm. the books, so misery mm-hmm. maybe i'll have to check it out have you watched any of the movies yes okay. i have watched what of the, the movies, movies mm-hmm. unsettled you the most probably the shining is that the most basic bitch no, answer no, no, no. Okay. i don't think so because i think it's like part of the deal with the shining is like he goes crazy yeah like, which is, and he's in that isolated location yep. with his family and it's scary because that could happen mm-hmm. i think my answer would be of the books the one that disturbed me the very most was rose matter but not because of anything supernatural there are just some really intense scenes in that book mm-hmm. that like made me put it down and not go back yeah, to it that's how yeah. misery is for me okay yeah and it's very realistic like yes. it's very like but of the supernatural ones i would say one that unsettled me a lot was either duma key or lisi's story so in Duma Key, this man loses his arm in a freak accident at a construction site. And he ends up like losing his wife and everything because the accident causes traumatic brain injury that makes him have rage all the time. Mm. And so he and his wife 
aren't able to like work it out around that it's so bad and he stabs her with a fork one time actually like he just snaps and he just stabs her with a fork and anyway he moves to this island in florida called duma key to try to sort himself out and he starts painting and then this thing starts happening where in the middle of the night he will go into this trance and paint but it's with his phantom limb and he keeps painting this same scene over and over again except for that in the scene the ship that's on the sea is getting closer and closer oh my god yeah and there's this line in that book that has stayed with me that i've actually had to talk to a therapist about this (laughs) because it stayed with me so hardcore which was one of the characters says god punishes us for the things we can't imagine oh and that fucked me up like big time like that that stayed with me yeah wow so that's my answer do you want any more questions I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. That was fun. That was fun. Love spooky questions with Marnie. That's yes. a great segment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down to record it whenever. Yes. Yay. All right, Morgan. All right, friends. So buckle up. It's getting dark in here. It's going to um, be a bumpy ride. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> so today we're talking about the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Ooh. Have you guys heard of this place at all? No. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. It's. It hurts my soul. So, mm-hmm. pre-warning, trigger warning for a lot of things. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, I was talking with a friend about this place, and I just have to quote what he said. He says, it was not even a medical practice. It was straight up just experimental torture. And I have to agree, 100%. These doctors, what they did to people was just gut-wrenching and sickening. So I got a lot of my information from discoveramerica.com and the trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum's website. So the asylum was built between the years of 1858 and 1881. It is the second largest sandstone masonry building in the world, right behind the Kremlin in Moscow. It's huge, and it was built on, wait for it, 666 acres of land. Perfect. It's just wow. getting started right on the right foot. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, where is this? This is in West Virginia. Okay. When it was being built at first, <clears throat> where did my voice go? Uh, <laughs> to the asylum. <laughs> oh, no. <clears throat> so when it was first being built, it was actually still Virginia territory. Okay. And then at some point it becomes West Virginia. Can we go there? I w- yeah, you can. Open? Yes, it is open to paranormal okay. investigations. We're going to go. <sighs> Okay, let's do it. Let me ask me again at the end of your story. Yeah, I was about to say. I don't know a ton about it, but you might want to wait until the end. It's going to be heavy. I'll I'll circle back. Circle back, yeah. Put a pin in that. So let's talk about mental health treatment before the 1800s. So there is like an article that I saw that compare. It says that the Salem witch trials, we've all heard of those. So through historical documents, they have had modern day psychologists look at these historical documents and they would all deem these people mentally insane. They were not practicing witchcraft. They were having mental health crises and they were hung (laughs) and just, they didn't have great practices for helping people. And throughout the 16 and 1700s, treatment of an insane person was absolutely barbaric. People in mental health crisis were often placed in prisons alongside real criminals, often being chained to the stone walls with no clothing, soaked in their own filth. Oh no. Yeah. 
So it wasn't until the late 1770s that facilities were constructed to house the insane, but these facilities were only designed to house them. It was keeping them away from the general public, not treating them. So in the 1800s, things start to change a little bit, mostly through the efforts of Dorothea Dix, who brought to this all of this to the public's attention. Lawmakers were eventually forced to commit funds for more humane, more humane care. So let's take a moment to talk about Dorothea Dix. Shout out Dorothea. Yes. So according to biographers, Dorothea Dix exemplified one of the rare cases in history where a social movement of such proportions can be attributed to the work of a single individual. Wow. Yeah. She was a teacher, a nurse, and a social reformer, best known for her commitment to improve the treatment of the mentally ill in the 19th century. Dorothea was born in Maine in 1802, and she was the oldest of three children. Her father was an abusive alcoholic, and her mother suffered from mental illness. Yeah. So that left Dorothea to raise her two younger brothers. So unfortunately, she loses out on her childhood in the process. Yeah. So in 1841, she visits a local jail in Cambridge, Massachusetts. She pays like five cents to tour this jail. And what she saw there changed her life forever. She saw mentally ill prisoners changed naked to stone walls without heat or ventilation. Emaciated people everywhere, people crying, and some people that she wasn't even sure that they were alive anymore. She immediately launched an investigation before she even left the facility. Good. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Throughout her life, she traveled all over the States as well as Europe and Asia, observing and exposing the inhumane conditions these mentally ill prisoners were kept in. She worked closely with Dr. Thomas Kirkbride in the late 1840s, building asylums that they believed would help and maybe even heal the mentally ill. After her hard work, she really, it just, it took a toll on her physically and mentally. I and it did. Yeah, I couldn't That's imagine. Yeah. Mm. That's a lot to take in. Yeah, I could. Ugh. So she suffered several debilitating breakdowns and she eventually checked herself into a mental hospital in Trenton, New Jersey. And it was built by Thomas Kirkbride. It was okay. <clears throat> She was given a private apartment where she spent the next six years, eventually passing away in 1887. Oh, wow. That's a long time. But sadly, all of her hard work and dedication would be almost for nothing because the asylums and the treatment of mental patients would take a dark turn years later. So plans for the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, or TALA, were approved in 1858 and the southernmost wing was completed in 1861. Hmm. However, the Civil War had become a thing, so construction was halted for several years and soldiers used the property and the buildings for that. So the building was used for the war until October of 1863, and then it was renamed the West Virginia Hospital for the Insane. On opening day, October 22nd of 1864, the first nine patients were admitted, all of them being women. Of course, you know. My my wife's reading too many books. We got to lock her up. She's hysterical. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So construction would continue for another 17 years. Yeah. This was a huge building. Just 
it's massive. You need to, we'll put some pictures up on our social media. So it was finally completed in 1881, and despite its size, it was only designed to house 250 souls. Within the first year of it being open, it had already passed that, like, a lot. It was. It had approximately 750 people living there oh, wow. just within the first year. But that's still a mild number compared to what it becomes. Asylums were dumping ground for society's unwanted. A crazy or not, if you were unliked, considered lazy, physically deformed, or you just even just had a bad case of PMS, you were sent to an asylum. Wow. Yes. So... They're so overcrowded, and conditions in the hospital continue to deteriorate very quickly as the staff struggled to keep up with the challenges of overcrowding. The patients endured some incredibly poor living conditions. Unsanitary linens, broken furniture, very little food, just a general grimy uncleanliness to the place, which only made their existing mental health conditions worse. So many of these patients were restrained in isolation cells or caged in common areas. So the patient to doctor ratio was sometimes at a whopping 248 patients to one doctor. Oh my God. How are these people getting any sort of care? Oh, no, they're not. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. The lack of adequate supervision leads to a lot of violence, abuse, suicide, and female patients experience physical and sexual abuse daily. In one case, a nurse was shoved down a stairwell that wasn't used very often, and her body was not found until two months after she passed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. In 1935, there were several fires set by pyromaniacs, and one caused the roof to collapse into the main building on the south wing. Remarkably, nobody died. So that's amazing. That's cool. Patients at the hospital were subjected to several controversial psychiatric treatments, including electroconvulsive shock therapy, contrast baths, which is where a patient is fully submerged into extremely hot but not boiling water, and then immediately submerged into ice cold water. No. They did forced sterilization and also transorbital lobotomies. Yes. From 1948 to 1952, the asylum participated in the West Virginia Lobotomy Project. My God. What? Are you kidding me? It was nicknamed Operation Ice Pick by the local media. Jesus. And it was headed by Dr. Walter Freeman, who popularized the crude ice pick technique in America. Can we just take a moment to acknowledge that we all absolutely would have been lobotomized? Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I would have yeah. been lobotomized like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like- I, think, I think about that all the time yeah. because I've been hospitalized three times. Yeah. And I just, it weighs heavy on my heart whenever yeah. I think about things like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're lucky and not lucky to live yes. in a time like yeah. that. So in case you need a refresher on how lobotomies work, they drill a hole through your skull and they scramble up your brains. And now let me introduce you to the ice pick method. Mm. So they take an ice pick and they jam it through your eye sockets, striking the ice picks with a mallet. And they move the ice pick around in like a methodical way to sever the connective tissue in the brain's prefrontal cortex. In lieu of anesthesia, 
electroshock treatment is used to induce a seizure, making the patient unconscious. Oh my god. So it's just like bam, like awful oh thing after awful thing. Yeah. I have seizures and I cannot imagine someone also I pick mm-hmm. lobotomy me. Yeah. While that is happening. Oh. I absolutely cannot imagine. Oh my god. Yeah. Dr. Freeman, who had no formal surgical training, performed or directly supervised 775 lobotomies across five West Virginia mental hospitals, Jesus. 70 of them being at the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. After being lobotomized, these patients would be unable to speak or sometimes walk. They endured lifelong cognitive and physical issues requiring constant care for their basic functional needs. In the 1950s, a new drug comes out called chlorpromazine, and it was referred to as the chemical lobotomy. It would sedate and just get rid of the symptoms of psychosis with few adverse effects, rendering surgical lobotomies basically impractical. However, Dr. Freeman, our (laughs) lovely Dr. Freeman, he continued to perform lobotomies well into the 60s, inflicting pain and suffering onto thousands of individuals. In his career, he performed over 3,000 lobotomies nationwide, and roughly 14% of his victims died from the procedure. Oh my god. I hate this man. Mm-hmm. I hope that he instead of resting in peace, I hope that he rests I hope I'm so mad I can't talk. I just I hope he rests yeah. in piss. I don't know. I just yeah. hope nothing good for him. Yeah. Terrible I hope person. That all of his pillows are warm and his socks are always wet. Okay. Okay. So at the asylum in the 80s there was a nonverbal patient who was kept in one of the common areas with other patients because they are still dealing with overcrowding a hundred years later. And there were two other men that were also in that common area and they would bully him and they would use bed sheets as a noose and they would hang him until he loses consciousness and then they would take him down. And then they would do it over again and just do it over and over again. Doesn't that cause brain damage? Yeah. Yeah. So one day he was killed when the men crushed his skull by putting his head under a metal bed frame and jumping up and down on the bed. Oh my God. God. What? Yeah. And I I was watching a YouTube video about the museum or about the asylum and there was a psychic and she was talking about a mentally ill patient and how he was hung with bed sheets. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And she also said that the, the people who killed him had recently died and they passed through the asylum. And she said that it really messed with this poor guy whose soul is stuck there. Oh. And I just felt so sad. Oh yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. And like, when this psychic is communicating with him, he is also nonverbal in the spirit world. Oh. And I'm just... Oh, my God. It's heavy. Yeah. So on January 26th of 1986, West Virginia announced that the hospital had lost its distinction as a mental institution, which had devastating effects to the town's 
On January 26, 1986, West Virginia announced that the hospital had lost its distinction as a metal, a metal, <laughs> as a metal institution. As a metal inst- had lost its distinction as a mental institution. For the next several years, the complex served as a correctional facility while a new psychiatric hospital was constructed across town. The hospital eventually closed for good in 1994. Through the asylum's 150-year existence, an estimated 30,000 people died within its walls. My God. God. That's a lot. Yeah. And there are over 4,000 bodies buried in unmarked graves on the property. And there's probably a lot more. They stopped counting at 4,000. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. One of the most active spirits is a little girl named Lily. She is believed to have been born in the asylum at the turn of the century. And she died at nine years old of pneumonia. Yeah. Her room is located on Ward 4, and it is adorned with toys and trinkets to entertain her playful spirit. I love that. Yeah, I think that's sweet. Ward 2 on the second floor is another hot spot for paranormal encounters. There are two spirits linked to a double suicide, and some visitors claim to feel a sense of overwhelming sadness in the area where they spent their final moments, and others feel suffocated upon entering. Shadow figures are reported quite frequently throughout the whole building, and on wards F and C, there are like the violent male and female offender. That's where they were housed, and people report getting a feeling of dread and also seeing black figures in that area. There is an abundance of paranormal stories involving the asylum, and I could probably do an entire episode on just the hauntings, and maybe we can sometime, because- I would be down for that. Yeah, it's a lot. This place makes my heart very heavy, and I don't know, would you want to ghost hunting there? Yeah. Yeah? I would still go. I'll go. I'll go if you go. Yeah. (laughs) I would go. It's good. I love that. Makes my heart just break because like mental health has never been treated in a way that it needs yeah. to be. It's we're still not there. And yeah. I hope that maybe one day in our lifetime we get to see it become something better. Yeah. But I am thankful that none of us are going to get lobotomized. Yeah. Me too. Thank God. Big, big thank you. Yeah. That's I'm very thankful. All of y'all would have been sectioned absolutely <laughs> yes yes yeah we would probably yeah. be like lobotomy victim roomies yeah Can you and imagine yeah. if we had been alive during the salem witch trials mm. Mm. which is immediately i have homework for our audience okay i would like you guys to just google before and after pictures of lobotomy victims because it is the saddest thing you will ever see they do not look like no. the same people. It's like the death they of your are, prefrontal yeah, cortex. Yeah, like they don't look... It's so heartbreaking. I would yeah. imagine that it like fucks up your eyes. Everything. Right? Yeah. yeah. The, the thing that I didn't realize about lobotomies for a while is that there is actual bone there that they have to go through mm-hmm. in your eye yeah. socket to get into your brain. And I was like, oh, that's even worse. Yeah. And they do it while you're having a seizure. You can't get past that. Yeah. So, <laughs> can't even knock you out. Yeah. Good talk, guys. Well, yeah. Thanks for bringing down the mood. Yeah, mood. I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's important information. Mm-hmm. Important to know. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you again, Marnie, for joining us. Yes. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm honored to be on an episode about mental health. That's a big thing I care oh, about. Yeah. So. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you guys, make sure you go listen to Arioki Podcast. And. Give them five stars. Yeah. All six if you can. Yeah. 
all of the stars. Marnie is great. We appreciate her. Oh, thank you. With us. So thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you for hanging out with us as well. Yeah, Stay creepy. Stars. And what? thank you to the Rat's Nest, Music for Rats, for hosting our spooky podcast. It's we been wonderful. It. And for loaning us your spooky mantle and your equipment. Yeah. <clears throat> Thanks, thank Mom. Thank you for listening, and I hope that you guys come back next week to listen to more creepy stuff from us. It's a good time. <laughs> Stay creepy. Bye. 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 <laughs>